1: The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM Imagine being involved in something being part of an incident that made the news that made the papers that went to court that ended up being big news at the time you were involved in it back then everyone gets on with their business everyone gets on with their lives the incident is closed effectively but you are living with the consequences four years later back in 2018 a man got the probation act after he caused a considerable amount of damage he went on a rampage at a hotel in the city in 2018 the the thing went to court it was big news at the time and it's over now except for katie higgins who was a guest in the hotel it's not over it still haunts her today and we've been talking about it Katie, you and I spoke at the opinion line a number of years ago about your business, and then I remembered this case from 2018, but I never knew that you were involved. What do you remember about that night in August of 2018?
0: So basically, um obviously I'm from Cork City and I know, you know, I I've, I've been in the ho- that hotel plenty of times. Um, we had gone for dinner, we came back. We went back to the room. We were on the sixth floor, so um, that floor, you can't see down in... When you come out of your bedroom, you can't see down into the foyer, whereas from the fifth floor on, you can see right down into the foyer. So there's balconies either side. So we went up to the room um, and... I decided around kind of 10 o'clock that way, it was a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. So it was quiet around like, you know, and I went down, I got into the lift, left the room, got into the lift, purse in hand. And I was going down for a bottle of water to the vending machine. I knew there was a vending machine on the fifth floor. So took the lift, the next floor down. And um, the doors opened. And, you know, when you're staying in hotels, there's a lot of the time there's a wooden table or some form of a table. When you, come out of the lift with like the spa leaflets or you know different things belong to the hotel or you know things like that well that table was upscuttled the legs were broken off it there was like, there was just bits of furniture everywhere so within seconds I walked out and I was thinking, god they must be when the doors opened I was like they must be doing a bit of work so literally with this all happened within seconds so I walked out I turned right and within seconds, this person launched at me. Um, luckily, I was able to get away, um, defend myself and get away. And it all happened so fast that I, I ran to the balcony and I was screaming down to the people downstairs. I couldn't see them. I was just screaming, help me. Because the centre of the hotel... um. The bedrooms look out on onto, onto the foyer as well. So yeah. there was people's curtains opened, and I was screaming, "Help me! Help me! Help me!" And in between that, he was catching uh, tub chairs, and he was catching them like they were bits of Lego, and f- throwing them over the the balcony onto the foyer, down onto people down there. Um, so they're lucky there was nobody hurt down there
1: mm. um, according to the court reports that we read uh, people were kept in the bar for their own safety
0: yeah, yeah. and that's the thing is he had caused i announced to me he had caused havoc in the reception and um the foyer before he took the lift to the fifth floor um so this wasn't like this wasn't he just went on the fifth floor he'd caused a lot of havoc before so the people downstairs obviously knew that he was this was him was firing the stuff off the balcony um and then he came at me with um i can't remember was it a leg of a table or whatever it was in my head i was like this is fight or flight um and my head um i was like i didn't know if he'd gone i didn't know how to use a knife i didn't know had he anything on him so I just I ran um and I know he he was behind me for for a short time um and I think it was a fire extinguisher was what he was what caught his attention so basically when you come out of that lift there's a stairs as well um so I turned right and if you can imagine it you're going along there's a glass balcony and then when you come to the end you're turning down a hall coming back around again onto another balcony um, so I ran over to the other side because I knew that uh, like I did self-defense since I was a small, a small child and I was like if I can get him at a distance I was like you know I had nowhere to run, I would nowhere to go because if I turned left or right he was going to f- catch me at the lift or the stairs hmm.
1: so. and this was a complete stranger Katie you'd never seen oh, yeah. him before in your life you'd no idea who he was and he, chased, he was chasing you.
0: Yeah, and he was bleeding. So I knew he was in trouble himself. Um, so I got over to the other side and he was now facing me in the balcony across the way and he left off the fire extinguisher, but it was the look on his face. Um, so I'm still screaming down. Um, <clears throat> there was one gentleman, I could see him across the way, came out and he ran back to his room fairly lively. Um so in the in the middle of all this all the people are now looking out of their bedrooms and i'm still screaming um and this guy luckily opened his bedroom door and he was like are you okay and i was like i don't know this man i don't know this man and he said come in no by the time the door closed i was like is he with him like i've taken a chance this guy's taken a chance I backed myself into the bathroom and I, he was saying, come out, come out. And I was saying, I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to go anywhere that you tell me. And I was just in an awful state. Um, and he came out and his, the light went on and his partner was in the bed and their seven-year-old son was in the bed. Now, he stayed asleep, thank God, um, because it would have been, that poor child would have been scared for life, I'd say, um, because I was literally shaking from head to toe in a, like an awful, awful state and I had to explain, we were trying to explain to his partner, so she woke up to this woman in their room in an awful state <laughs> um, and it, like she was going, what's going on? So I had to try and explain and I said, can I please use your phone? So I rang upstairs, I rang, my, my partner was up in the room so as I said, the 6th floor you can't hear any of the commotion so he's unaware, he's up in the room, he hasn't a clue. Um. So I rang the bedroom and I said David I'm there's a there's trouble downstairs I'm okay I'm safe just don't leave your room he's going what is what's going on like so he then rang reception he was like my girlfriend is after ringing me and saying she's locked in a bedroom with people like you couldn't write it was like something out of a film he was saying she's locked in a bedroom with people she doesn't know he was like "Uh," and she's telling me don't leave the room he said what's going on so they said just don't leave the room so he's upstairs pacing up and down going what's going on um so anyway the guy in the room he was like, "Look, did you know him? Do you did, you know was did he did he say anything to you?" I said, "No, he didn't say anything to me. He just had this mad look on his face, and you know, he was catching bits of of furniture. I've never seen anything like it." Um, so we were there, and I rang reception, and I was like, "Look, what's going on? Can somebody please come and get me?" And in the meantime, we could hear him banging on the doors. And we didn't know whether he was looking for me. We didn't know what was going on. And the guy in the room with, with us, the, the man that had left me into his room, yeah. was like, I'll have to go out to him. I said, don't go near him. I said, we don't know who he is or what he's on him or, you know, what's going to happen. So I said, just stay in the room. So we rang reception and they said, no, just, you know, go back to your room. I said, I'm not leaving the room. There's no way I'm yeah. not leaving the room. It seemed like I was in the room for hours, um, and we were tra- there was no signal. We couldn't get a phone signal on our phones. We were trying to ring. He was saying, "Will I ring the police station?" Where's the local? You know, I said, "Ring Anglesey Street." Um, so he was trying to get through. He said, "There's this is this is madness going on in the hotel," and they said, "Oh, all right, we'll be over." And and he said, "Grand." So I rang reception again. I said, "Look, you're somebody's going to have to come and get me because I'm not leaving this room." And they said, look, he's outside the front door now. Come on, you know, you can leave your room. No, He'd
1: left the hotel, yeah.
0: He'd left the hotel, but in my mind, he could have been standing outside the door. I didn't know where he was.
1: Because he was arrested, again, according to the court reports, he was arrested yeah. off the premises.
0: Yeah, he was outside the front. He was outside on the, by the, I think he was by the railings on the, on the okay. river, but he was outside the front door. Okay. Now, he this stage, he'd done, I think it was 18,000 euros worth of damage to the hotel. Like, this isn't just, like, breaking up a bit of furniture, this is...
1: There was 11, 11 charges, 11 counts of criminal damage.
0: Oh, I, I went down the following day to see the floor, because I was like, did I dream this? Um, And I hadn't. There was the glass. He had broken the glass, like the big thick glass on the balcony. He'd smashed that Um, crazy stuff. But inside the room, we got a phone call, and it was the girl on reception. She said, you can come down now um there's a guard here so i was saying i can't go down so the gentleman in the room very kindly said i'll go down with you so we came out stepped out of the bedroom and all i could hear was she's alive she's alive she's alive so when i look when i look back now obviously i was screaming for ages and then the screaming stopped I see. when i entered the man's room so obviously the people downstairs were like is she dead has he killed her you know, she knocked out. Like, they couldn't see where I was or what They,
1: they could just hear the commotion and hear a woman screaming. Yeah. My God.
0: Screaming. My God. So then when I entered, when I went into the room, obviously the screaming stopped. So when I came out, that's something that sticks in my head. I could hear someone saying, she's up there, she's alive. So coming down the hall to go to the lift, this fella came out of the lift and he said, "Um, he goes, you, you want to go down there now and tell them all you're all right? He goes, "It's ridiculous, ridiculous, carry on. A domestic a fight a couple fighting or something to that effect, and I was saying i actually couldn 't even talk I got into the lift, and I was saying,' "Is he actually I have to say they obviously think it 's a couple having a fight um or that it, you know that it was
1: a row uh, yeah.
0: a, or do, a row or the domestic like yeah domestic that we were known to each other, and I can completely understand when people see things like this happening they don 't want to intervene. Um, but I would urge people: if you see something, please ring the guards, or please ring. Like obviously, when they were ringing reception, they were getting no no help. But ring the guards. Yeah, uh, you don't have to get involved yourself. But I this could have been a lot different if it was a child got out of the lift, if it was an elderly person, anyone. But like I was talking to a lady there uh, when I put my post up, there was a girl messaged me. And she said I often leave my child run, you know go to the vending machine outside the the door. The You know, they could have been just in the door across from the vending machine. The child could have came out. It could have been completely different.
1: Children love the adventure of going to the vending machine.
0: That's it. And if I had had to jump the five floors, this would have been completely different. So when I got into the lift and the gentleman had said that, I was like, this is just, this is mad. Like, it was just so crazy. It was like something out of a film. So I came down the lift. There was a guard waiting. The, The reception was thronged with people. Um, thronged, and there was people in an awful state. They were, they were in shock. They were like, i I. It was like a zoo. It just there was just people everywhere. It was just crazy. Um, and so I came down. And I spoke to the guard, and she. I kind of went into shock. I I couldn't speak, and anyone that knows me knows I'm never caught for words. Mm. Um, and I just couldn't. She said, "Sit down." She said, "You're in an awful state," and. There was one single a guard, lovely, lovely lady, um, and another another guard. And he said, Jesus, I didn't realise it was this bad at all. He says, I just came over with her. I think they thought that it was just a resident that was, you know, getting a bit boisterous. Or yeah. it was just, when I heard that second guard saying that, I was like, they obviously thought it was something simple. He said, Jesus, I, I can't get over the amount of damage
1: because the, the reception i think was it littered with broken furniture and stuff
0: broken furniture i think he broke computers kicked bins around the place and he'd he'd done a lot of damage um yeah. in reception as well um before he took the lift
1: and at, w- at what stage did you get to safety did you get back to your partner how long did that take <laughs>
0: So the I was in reception and the guard said to the girl on reception, "You need to to ring her partner." So the, I th- I think it was, yeah. They rang him to come down. So he came down. He got into the lift on the sixth floor. So came straight down and the doors opened. And he comes out to this, not realizing what he's like. Hey, what, what what's what's gone on, like? So he's sitting down with me, and I'm giving a statement to the guards. And David's he can't get over this, like, because obviously he couldn't hear any commotion on the sixth floor. So he gave the statement. Um, I had had a drink, so I couldn't drive my car. Otherwise, I would have been out like a bat out of hell. Um, I went up to the room, there was nobody, I was in an awful state that night in the room the whole night, I couldn't breathe, I was having panic attacks which I had never, I hadn't had before, Um, couldn't catch my breath, couldn't sleep, Um, I was just like dazed, Um, so stayed there for the night, got up the following morning, packed my bags, went downstairs, David handed in the keys and he said... um, you know what happens now and they were saying oh we don't know we don't know so we left um, heard no more and um, yeah that that, that was that was the end of that
1: yeah he subsequently went to court he was given the probation act he avoided jail avoided a conviction and I guess the less said about that the better for for legal reasons because that's done and dusted but then you tried to get on with your life Mm mm-hmm that wasn't so easy.
0: It wasn't and I I'm quite a strong person and strong-minded and um you know and I suppose because I'm a lot of people would know me through like I was I'm a beautician in Cork for years and people would be used to my bubbly personality coming in and um that hasn't changed but this was something that I had never experienced before like I would be able to go out for a walk no problem um loved walking with my earphones in blasting the music striking off I can't do that anymore I can't I you know I I'll never be able to walk get out of a lift on my own into a hotel uh, hall I moved to Scotland and um I was I was working in a salon and in that salon there was a lane at the side of the salon um So that was one of the main things that I had had that really struck a chord with me that this isn't this like there's something seriously wrong here because I remember we all finished work. So there was six girls, we'll say so they were we were all the the cars were parked at the back of the building. So we had to go down this lane at night um, to go and I froze solid, couldn't move like my legs couldn't move. And I was saying I can't go down there and. They were saying no, but we're all together. And I was saying I cannot go down there. I said there's so like you're going to have to. I don't know what you're going to have to do for me. They were saying but there's no other way to get to the cars. We have to go down there. So I I I ran like clappers through it, and I knew there was the, one of the girls was at the other end, um. But I couldn't couldn't do it, or I was jumping like if I went out for a walk. If there was a rustle in uh, rustle in a bush, I was. Jumping ten feet in the air, um, very jumpy, um, night terrors, screaming, uh, like just sleepwalking, night terrors. Um,
1: and did you go to the doctor about it?
0: I had to eventually. I I became breaking point that I was getting really really panicked. Um, and one day I was at home and it just it peaked and I got my. Uh, David didn't know what was going on. I got myself in the car. I drove to the doctor. Um no appointment, no nothing. I went into the desk and she thought I was getting a heart attack because I was grabbing my chest. I couldn't I couldn't catch my breath. And she was saying, Ugh. they rushed, they rushed me into the doctor. She she was like, There's no appointments at when I went in first and then she looked at me, she was like, actually you need to be seen. I went in and I I just walked into the doctor's room and I burst out crying, and she I couldn't get the words out. I was there for about a half an hour before I was sobbing. I couldn't catch my breath. Um, she didn't know what was after. She didn't know what was going on. It was just breaking point that my mind was. This was taking over my life. Um, and my mental health was suffering from it. Like how
1: long um, afterwards was this, Katie?
0: This was, uh, do you know what? It was? It didn't happen straight away. It was kind of a couple of, couple of months later. Like I was kind of conscious when I, I didn't, I just didn't go out. I didn't go out walking or I didn't, you know, these kinds of things. Like busy in work and stuff.
1: Because it happened in the summertime. So yeah. this would have been the dark nights of winter. You couldn't go out.
0: I couldn't go out and I wouldn't have um, because I just was like, no, I, I'm not, I'm not doing I'm not doing it, I couldn't do it. But it's not until we went away a couple of weeks later that we were on holidays and I got up I I was I thought it was okay. Mm. And we went up into the lift. David was talking to the lady at reception and I said, I'll go up to the room. Got into the lift, went up in the lift and the lights went out and by the time David came up to me I was in a ball in the corner. I couldn't move. I was just frozen solid. Um I was the lights had they were like automatic lights, mm. um they went up by the time I went up, and by the time he came up to me, I was in a ball in the corner, and um, we went back to the room that night. I was awake for hours, and any sleep I got up then got I woke up screaming, I was having severe night terrors um of being chased, being this instant like because it all happened so fast, like I was dreaming of these things and Even out for a walk, like if there was a rustle, I was jumping, and it just—it really took over. It took over my life. I couldn't couldn't go for walks, Um, and then when we moved to Scotland, um, obviously that was an upheaval and it was a big change. And I suppose in Cork, it it affected me, but I knew the areas, I knew where I felt safe for walking. Whereas I was now in a country where I didn't know,
1: yeah,
0: you know, the places. So I'd go for. I still, to this day, four years later, if I go for a walk, like I have to go, I walk in open spaces. Um, like there's kind of it would be like a running track. Um, where it's there's a big green in the center, so I, I walk on the grass because I know that if there's somebody going to run at me, I have a couple of I've have a few minutes I've, I've couple of seconds before I know they're going to get to me, or even if I'm walking past you no know, hedges on a footpath, you know, if you were walking along a main yeah. road or, or not a main road, but you know, like a footpath you, yeah. and there's hedging, I'd have to walk off the step because it gives me a couple of seconds if somebody was going to, that split second, if somebody was going to jump out.
1: Have you been diagnosed with PTSD?
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um. So I was put, I was given medication at the time, Um. light medication, um because i was just in an awful state um and i in the uk i was referred to a mental health team i never had to to, had to use it but um they were there like they they do take it quite serious over here um and i'm very lucky like i didn't tell anybody at home like my parents knew um, and even telling them the story at the time, I was like, did I make this up? Like, did I dream this? Like, this couldn't have happened. Um, and I'm very lucky. Like, David's very good and my mum and dad and, you know, but there was nobody. There was nobody. I had told nobody bar, you know, um, my solicitor and things like that.
1: Your friends didn't know the extent of it, no?
0: Uh, I, to- I told I I told. told them um, and I told, like, very close friends but like, if you told some people, I'd say they'd be saying, "Oh God, that that couldn't happen." Like, that's mad. You know, it, it was like something, as I said, out of a film. Um, and you're kind of second guessing yourself all the time. You're kind of going, "Did it really happen?" Or you know, to you know, you're trying to. But it did happen, and I have these these lasting effects. Like there was one of the medical reports, and the the, the, the doctor said, "You know, this girl." is this is possibly never going to change. Like she's always going to have this and I suppose I'm quite strong willed and I started to go out for walks and like that it's not going to it's not gonna, you know, make me not go for a walk, but I have to walk in open spaces. There was a guy came towards me one night and I think David, my partner, he was with me and this guy was kind of all over the place walking towards us and I had a water bottle and I opened Cap, it's funny the way your mind works. Um, this guy was coming towards us, and he was kind of a bit dishevelled and kind of staggering a bit. And I opened the water bottle, and David saw me doing it, and he said, "What are you opening?" What? And I had it up against my chest, and he was saying, "What are you opening that for?" And I said, "Because if, if anything happens, I'll spray him and i spray the water in his face, and we might get away." And he's gone. Like this isn't. He said, "You would have never thought like that before."
1: This is mental scarring is what that what that is, Katie. And can I ask you, why did you decide that now was the time to go on Instagram and and I'm delighted you have done talk to me?
0: Yeah, like it's I suppose there's a lot gone on um over the last while with different cases and you you know I innocently went for a bottle of water. Um, I, you know, there's there's been girls attacked over the last while and and different situations and I suppose it's to kind of I put I put the post up because there was nothing I suppose the the court case is over now for him and he was able to get on with his life and but
1: you can't uh,
0: uh, yeah um I've had to I've had to try to I've had to work very hard um to try and push past this because I'm not going to let it define me and I suppose. I pull it up because these things can happen. And I suppose, you know, when somebody's in help, uh, needs help, call the guards. I now have to walk. I I have alarms. I I have an alarm in my bag, in the car and on my keys. So basically, if you pull this little trigger, Hmm. um, it doesn't ring anybody. But it, it has a hour's worth of alarm and it, you can hear it up to 600 feet. Um, so basically, if there was somebody, you know, it might deter somebody. It might take somebody out if they were kind of you know, attacking in a psychotic state or anything. It might kind of just break them out of it or it might deter them. But it would let people know that you were in trouble. And I suppose that night, like, as I said, that gentleman that came out of the lift and made the comment about, you know, it being a domestic... And um, if I had had that alarm with me on my purse or whatever on my personal, he might have. they might have helped me faster or they might have actually, somebody might have came to my aid because they wouldn't have realised, they would have realised that I was in a lot of trouble.
1: Katie, there are probably many people uh, listening who have been caught up in a situation similar or different and are mm-hmm. living with it years later and wondering, am I the only one? And for those yeah. people by talking to me, you've done a great service. Do
0: you know what that's, I didn't, I didn't know whether or not to put up the post because it's not for attention. It's, I didn't put it up for sympathy, attention or to be getting nice comments or anything like that. That wasn't the case. Um, and, you know, people have been very supportive, but that wasn't what it was put up for. It was put up so that people that are, I suppose, you know, suffering with things like this and second-guessing themselves and, you know, somebody might need to reach out and have a chat with somebody or, you know, that they're suffering with like that, PTSD. Um, and I would have never in my life thought I would suffer with something like this. I know I'm working very hard to keep it at bay.
1: yeah. I'm sure you hope that one day it'll settle itself.
0: that's it- uh, ho- hopefully, and you know it's 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 not going to stop me from living. I've never left anything hold me back, but you know for somebody, I hadn't heard somebody's story like this, and I suppose if it can help somebody mm-hmm. um then then well and good um but it just it just and it might make people think a bit as well of you know their surroundings yeah. um. And it's not scaremongering, it's not saying oh you never you know, never walk in a hotel hall on your own or no. but it's just it's just giving people a bit of, you know, or if somebody's in help, ring the guards or you know, you don't have to intervene. Yeah. Um but if you're suffering to, to, you know, speak out or to look for help, um, and try and get on with your life as best as possible.
1: I leave it there, Katie. As I said, you've done a service for people you probably never even heard of, because there is mm-hmm. almost certainly someone listening to us that went through something and is struggling. And yeah. you know, maybe that maybe this conversation will encourage them to pick up the phone and ask for help.
0: And you're not you're not on your own. It may seem like you're on your own. Um, and I was just I'm not a person that I suppose asks for help. Um, but I got and I was lucky that I got to the point lucky and when I say lucky yeah, yeah. I got to the point where I walked out of the house and drove straight to the doctor um because I knew I was like this my head I felt like my head was going to explode off my shoulders with the the pressure of this um and I just had to had to you know ask for, for, for help or you know get guidance um and like my solicitor mary tour was great with guidance and help um and uh, it's 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 you have to, it's the guidance and asking for help basically um to mind your mind and to mind yourself um it's very important
1: katie look after yourself and enjoy life in scotland thanks pj that's Katie Higgins. Now we were in touch uh, at the weekend with the Clayton Hotel. They've said it's something that they can't comment on. there There was a court case. It was dealt with, and they can't discuss it any further. But uh, we thank Katie for having the courage to uh, speak out and uh, be willing to
0: tell us her story. courts ninety six Fm.